0: are you glad he never lets go? Uh, our son is uh, finishing his basement, their basement, and I was over there helping him hang can lights, and we are listening to music, and that song came on. And I hurried over and took a screenshot of it and sent it off to the team. So this would be great going into the new year and the message uh, because uh, certainly how many of you last year had some bad things happen? How many had some good things happen? Okay. Well, newsflash, 24 is going to be the same, all right? Good things and bad. And I know I've gone through things like that song when it seemed too dark to see him. Uh, There are times that most of us felt like we reached an end or we forgot that we need him and we kind of rush on ahead of ourselves and get ahead of God. And when I let go, hold me again. How many times we just throw up our hands or we give up. And so I thought that would be a a good reminder that uh, hold on to me when I forget I need you uh, because I know nobody loves me better. And you've got a God who loves you better than you can even imagine. And so that's reassuring going into a whole new year. And uh, this uh, season, we're going to do a three-week series on opportunities. And the subtitle is Choose Your Response. Would you say, I have a choice? choice. Because this year is going to be full of opportunities. And you've you've got a choice in that. It's a set of a combination of circumstances that come our way. And I want to commend you, and I'm excited. I was was going to preach about change, but change is too emotionally charged. For instance, how many of you love change? Some? Yee-haw, right? How many of you hate change? See, I just want to go there right off the bat, okay? So we're going to call it opportunities. And I know that you're really outstanding at seizing opportunities. Uh, I'm grateful for that. Uh, You had an opportunity back in December, To be generous and to give, we're blessed to be a blessing. And and wow, did that ever happen? Uh, We were trying to raise two hundred sixty thousand dollars for property to expand a Christian school in Bethlehem, and we raised over two hundred three thousand dollars of that, and took the rest in the God-sized vision. So we made two hundred sixty thousand dollars. So that's something we're celebrating. That is seizing an opportunity. And a Christian message is going to grow even stronger in that little town of Bethlehem. But that's not the end of it. Uh, We were trying to raise up new sponsorships, child sponsorships for our partnership in Africa. And uh, with your response in December, plus if you remember when Joyce and I came back uh, from our trip in November, we were trying to raise 40 new sponsors for the ICBC that we're, we're sponsoring uh, and if you had all that together in 2024, CLC will be sponsoring 1,038 children in Africa. So how exciting is that? And that's still not the end of it, all right? Uh, when we were there in Africa, uh, I want to make sure that Joyce got to see the Luke Commission. Uh, they are our medical partners there, uh, Dr. Harry, uh, Ec- uh, Harry Vanderwall and Echo, his wife, she's a, a PA, physician assistant. And when we first met the Vanderwalls on our very first trip there, uh, they were living out of a uh, uh, rented space at uh, Raleigh-Fitkins Hospital, about the size of the Welcome Center across the hall. And then their storage was basically empty semi-tractor trailers on the property. And they would do uh, rural clinics driving all across Eswatini at that point, in Swaziland. And so we were part of that. And uh, we're glad to see that grow, and, and it is amazing what God's done in the last 17 years, 16 years. It has flourished uh, to now they're on what they call their miracle campus, It's over 300 acres. They have over 500 staff members, uh, and, even, and on the property, they also raise crops to help pro, you know, provide food for their staff members, and they treat thousands of patients every year. And while we were touring that, because I was glad Joyce was there from her nursing background. She hadn't been there before. So while we're touring that, um, Echo, we walked out of one building, and she pointed across the, the, the driveway. Uh, it was a concrete block building. It was about this high and wasn't finished. And then it was just a corrugated roof above. She was, well, that's going to be our OB, uh, GYN, and our maternity ward, but we don't have the money to finish it. But we had the blocks, so we went ahead and put the blocks up as far as we could. We figured God will do what he wants. And, and so that kind of like binged in my spirit. And so afterwards, we swapped some emails and details. And so I'm happy to say, you, you hear us say that 25% of what you give to our general fund gets redirected to the God-sized vision. It goes all over the world. Well, we were able to basically contribute to them $65,000 to finish that building and furnish it, uh, making a huge difference there. So you can applaud yourself for that. And they sent uh, just an amazing uh, video uh, on what they're able to accomplish and how we can be women beneath their wings. And so it was a thank you video meant for you. So enjoy this. On behalf of the whole team and every patient, we had the opportunity to serve in 2023, thank you. We want to take a moment to share our thanks to Christian Life Center for your prayers, your encouragement, and your generous financial support in 2023. The visit by Pastor Stan and Joyce was such an encouragement. Thank you so much for helping us to finish the new Labor and Delivery and Maternity Ward. We look forward to what God has in store in 2024, and we are so grateful that you are part of this journey with us. We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen? Amen. And if you have the CLC app, you can follow along with us as we do a deeper dive into opportunities. Because the first thought is that not all opportunities are desirable, uh, but all of them can be advantageous uh, with Romans 8, verse 28. And this is a well-known verse. Most of us know it by heart if we've memorized anything. And so I'm going to ask you to read it out loud with me, and uh, not to dis the Saturday night crowd, but need to do more, like be more passionate than they were, okay? Uh, Or else, you know, I'm convinced that we all read better standing up, I'm going to let you stay seated, but you got to give it up, all right? You got to do it well, okay? So let's give it a try out loud. Let's go. And we know all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Now, that's some of the best news in the Bible. I want us to read it again. I'd like to ask you this time when we get to the third word, no, I want you to say that with emphasis while you're reading it. Okay, let's do it again. Ready? And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Now, it's not saying that God causes all things, but whatever comes your way, whatever the opportunity, whether it is a positive and enjoyable one that you anticipate or glad happened, or whether it's a really painful, difficult one, God can cause things. He can get some kind of good out of it. And we learn that kind of through trial and error of life. We go through things. We look back. We say, wow, I see what God did with that. I see how God got something good from that. But I have two caveats that I add to that. I'm not supposed to add to Scripture, but let's call them uh, further explanations. Uh, First of all, we know He causes all things to work together for good. I add to that eventually. Because right now there are things in my life that haven't worked together for good yet. I think His word's true, so I'm still waiting. The second thing I've learned by observation uh, is uh, if we let Him. Because it does depend on your response. If you want to be angry and bitter or whatever and resentful and just hold to what God can say, okay, if that's as far as you want it to go, we'll leave it at that. So He will cause work to live good. we We have to cooperate in that and respond in that and trust Him. All right, then the second thought is that you have a choice with your opportunities and the response you have. So would you just say out loud, I have a choice. And uh, let's look at this rhetorical question. It's a very powerful one. It is a life-changing one. It is a, a question, if you answer it correctly, can really change the way you go through things in 24. What then shall we say to these things if God is for us, who's against us? And that's the question. What shall we say to these things? And so I ask you, think back over 2023 of something good that happened, all right? What did you say to yourself about it? Well, it's about time. Well, I deserve that. Well, it's not as good as what they got. Or, wow, I am so blessed. God is so faithful. What, what did you say to yourself? What did you say to the adversity you went through? Well, it always goes like this. Well, you know, I should have known. Because what you say to these things is huge. Paul says, if you want to be transformed, if you want the person of 2024 to be significantly different than the person of 23, be transformed by the renewing of your thought life, your mind. So that's a huge response that you have. What shall we say to these things? So be mindful and attentive of that. And there are three starter steps that you can apply in what you say to opportunities that are coming up. Some you don't even know about yet. And that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 16 through 18. Very simple instructions. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I know a lot of people spend a lot of time and a lot of stress and strain, I just want to know God's will for my life. And what we mean when we say that is I want to know what is this big grand script and whatever he has planned for me. And I, where is it, where is it? And the crazy thing is the vast majority of God's will for your life is already in here. In fact, if you want a blanket statement, you want, you know, you want to know what his will for you is tomorrow when you get up, rejoice always. All day, prayer without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Because when we rejoice, rejoicing is a mood adjuster. And it's not dependent. A biblical understanding of rejoicing is not dependent on your circumstances. How many of you ever had circumstances going on? You didn't feel like rejoicing. Would you agree with me? Oh, okay, then then wait till later. No, you do it. Turn your neighbor and say, you just do it. It's a choice. And, and, and as we rejoice, well, there's nothing to rejoice about. Well, you have an amazing God we just sang about. You can at least rejoice in about who He is. And as you think about His faithfulness and what He's done and what the Bible says, I rejoice in that. And it is a mood adjuster. It's really hard to be down and angry and pessimistic and bitter when you are rejoicing in the Lord. It just doesn't go together. Second, praying is a dependency reminder. Man, when I can go through an entire day and not pray or days and not pray, I think I'm self-sufficient. I got it all together. I'm on top of this. No, but if I'm constantly got the pilot light on and I'm I'm jumping in and out of prayer with God just all day long, it reminds me of who I'm dependent upon. And I feel for those of you who say, well, I don't know how to pray. Sure, in fact, everybody say out loud, I don't know how to pray. Of course you do because you just communicated That's what prayer is. Now take that and turn that to God. Even if your opening introduction is, God, I don't know how to pray. It's communicating with Him. And He wants us to to pray without ceasing. Just keep that attitude all throughout the day. And then finally, giving thanks is a confidence builder. If you are struggling to uh, feel confident that God loves you, that God has a plan for you, that He hears you, uh, learn to give thanks. Gratitude, there's just something about it. And so uh, we're going to do a little gratitude exercise. (laughs) Smile. Like you can't wait. You can stay seated for this. So put your fists like this. Like you want to say, no more exercises. okay? But instead, put your fingers up. Ten fingers. All right. It's a ten finger exercise. Gratitude exercise. What I want you to do is out loud say a very simple prayer. So here you go. All right. God, thank you for. Everybody say, God thank, for. God, thank you for. You're going to say that 10 times. God, thank you for. And then what I want you to do is I want you to list off 10 things that you're thankful for, big or small. All right? Just every time. God, thank you for. God, thank you for. God, thank you for. God, thank you for. And it is not fair to go, okay, thank you for my mom and my dad, your whole family. No, <laughs> family is one. Okay? All right? Ready? Everybody got them up? Out loud. Say 10 thank you prayers. Go. Hopefully you're already realizing, wow, it's easy to not notice all God's been doing. It's easy for you to not pay attention to just his goodness and his faithfulness. And what happens when you give thanks, it raises your confidence level. You know what? God is faithful. God has been active in my life. I do have a lot to be thankful for. No wonder Paul says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be, known, be made known to God. So don't just go, God, I need, please do whatever. No, first start by giving thanks. It builds your confidence and puts your relationship with God into perspective. All right, now, I'd like to talk briefly about some things that you can't do. And be obedient to that passage in First Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18. So let's put the verse back up on the screen. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't say it out loud, but I want you to think about what are some things, if you're gonna be compliant with that, what are some things in your life that you just shouldn't do? Doesn't go with that. Okay? It's not rejoicing, it's not praying, it's not being thankful, okay? Got some things perking up? Now Now you can groan. Everybody stand. Whoa. Yeah, let's start the year off in a great mood, all right? All right, I want you to find somebody, and I just, I'm going to give you about two minutes, and go ahead and just talk about what are some things we shouldn't do if we're going to be in compliance with those verses, all right? Go ahead. Talk to somebody. Find somebody. If they're by themselves, pull them over. Turn them around. Whatever. All right, another 30 seconds. Stay standing. All right, I found every service. I was going to go through a whole list, but you do just fine. So somebody in this section, tell me one thing you said you probably shouldn't do. Complain. Oh, wow, that takes away a whole lot, doesn't it? All right, this section, what's something you shouldn't do? Gossip. Gossip. All right. Somebody else said wine. That's complaining on steroids, right? All right. Stadium seats, real loud. Somebody yell out something you shouldn't do. Whoops. It all gets together. Worry. All right. Disrespect others. All right. You got, you got the idea. Give yourselves a hand. Good job. Now, just let's not start the year holier than now. How many of us, though, sometimes <coughs> do that stuff? Okay, so we got some work to do. All right, have a seat. So, when we talk about opportunities and choosing a response, the last thought in your notes is that we at CLC have an opportunity. Uh, it will probably be seen as a mixed opportunity, um, some will be one way or the other. And I'm just curious, I, uh, normally when I preach, uh, my favorite Preachers are what I call manuscript preachers. They type it all out and they read it. They do it convincingly. I, I've learned a long time ago, if I do that, you don't want to hear me. So like that's my sermon notes. Takes me half an hour to get through that, okay? Because I reduce it down, down, down. Um, but I for this portion of the message, I want to say the same thing every service. So I, if you'll give me about 10 minutes, I'm going to read for you my remarks. And just uh, I'm just curious... Um, how well word travels. How many of you have an idea what I'm going to talk about? Oh, way less than I thought. Okay, buckle up. (laughs) Our opportunity, which is a combination of circumstances, the Lord willing, Joyce, me, and the board expect around the end of August that I will hand over the leadership of CLC to a new lead pastor. I'm going to let that sink in. And you may say, we've heard that before. And yes, it'll be two years ago this coming summer that we anticipated the culmination of a long, well-planned and talked about process of succession. I am still here, so obviously that didn't happen. Uh, But we believe that succession will be different uh, this time. Let me take you back and review our succession journey and bring you up to date. First, about 10 years ago, the board asked me to decide on the final phase of the career Joyce and I have had of being at Christian Life Center. If you are new, uh, we joined the pastoral staff in 1983. And just for grins, how many of you weren't alive yet? <laughs> oh. Oh, be still. All right. You're like, "He's old! And I was elected lead pastor in 1990. Uh, Joyce and I shared some details of that transition when CLC turned 50 in 2018. Uh, September, uh, the series was the best yet to come. You can look it up. I think we're the third week in if you want more details on that process. Ten years ago when it started, we perfectly decided to aim for a decade later in the year that I turned 68, and that will happen in October. At that time, I took two board members with me to a seminar on lead pastor succession uh, planning, and that was in Dallas, hosted by the Leadership Network, which is a stellar organization. In those early years, we made internal adjustments and decisions to make succession effective when it did take place. We updated the leadership aspects of the Constitution and bylaws. We set target metrics of what success would look like at handoff. We made some internal goals about the staff team organization and we formulated a succession team that has met throughout the years to work with the board in preparation for when the time approached. The succession team interviewed lead pastors from both healthy and difficult succession experiences. The team and the board read helpful research and books on the subject, worked together to define a lead pastor profile, and come up with interview and evaluation processes to follow when candidates were identified. In 2019, we hired a consultant to do an organizational organizational evaluation, so we would have a healthy CLC team to hand off. They also work with our leadership team to implement a fruitful process of planning and goal setting. This has done much for the health and well-being of our staff. In the fall of 2021, we hired a search firm to find our new lead pastor. The firm only did searches for lead pastors, came highly recommended and their claim to fame was we will give you three fully vetted resumes out of scores of possible candidates and we've never had a church not hire one of those three. That is a pretty impressive claim. Until us. <laughs> uh, the firm took nine months to do the search and present their three final recommend, recommended candidates by, the June, by June of 22. Excuse me. <clears throat> The board unanimously agreed that their three were not a right fit for Christian Life Center. My recommendation in June of 2022, to which the board agreed, was people in the congregation and on staff are getting pretty weary of all the succession talk and planning. Let's punt on the idea for two years and reapproach it then. In the meantime, let's drop our preoccupation with the S word, succession, and enjoy ministry together. Curiously enough, I ran into people around that time who literally left the church just because they heard that we were leaving. I don't know sense that makes. Uh, This time around, at their direction, I played the role of search firm for the board to find viable candidates. I know what the job requires. I know the DNA of CLC and would hopefully find a better match for us than an outside company. I began the search process in earnest this past May with a timetable to have up to three viable candidates for the board by the end of 2023. The board could do interviews in the first quarter of 2024, hire the person and see them relocate to Greater Dayton, begin at CLC by early summer. I've told people now that I see why being a headhunter is a full-time job. Summer is also when I tried to write a sermon book, which is why we didn't have one this fall. Um, I was busy. Hopefully the one that I just finished is ready for the February series called Picture This. Side note, I am so excited about the February series. Um, I don't know who suggested it to me, so you can take credit for it, and I'll be thankful if you didn't. But um, somebody years ago said, you know what you should do? You should do a sermon series like on all the pictures you've drawn in sermons. So I, I pulled together a research team this past year, and they went through Hundreds of sermons to find illustrations that I drew. And so we kind of picked a best of and we put a book together. And so it's called Picture This. And I get to spend five weeks drawing on a whiteboard for you. <laughs> so, anyways, don't miss February. Uh, I contacted 20 local, state, and national ministry leaders who know CLC, they know me and our DNA well, and I asked them for referrals. These leaders produced 21 candidates that I contacted and vetted via phone calls, Zoom conferences, text chats, and personal visits, breakfast meetings, etc. By September, I told the board I wouldn't need until December. I would know by sometime in November if I had any viable candidates. At that time, the board could decide on pursuing them or go ahead and once again contract with an outside search firm. By October, the search produced two potential candidates who met the board-defined pastor profile. Joyce and I met with both candidates and spouses. We spent considerable time with both couples to discern compatibility and competence. Further vetting reduced that to one candidate. By the way, the final candidate has not spoken at CLC. So all of you who kept wondering, that guest speaker, that guest speaker is a guy. They're not, right? Um, Nor did I know him or them, uh, the couple, previously to their referral by a trusted ministry friend and leader. In fact, I did not know any of the 21 recommended candidates before I began the search. I hosted two Zoom meetings with the board and the recommended candidate and his spouse in late October. Based on that get acquainted Zoom, the board voted and decided to bring the pastor and his wife in for an intensive interview. While Joyce and I were in Africa, the board flew the couple here to experience weekend services. That created quite an interesting prayerful preoccupation for us while we were halfway around the world and then conduct two and a half days of intensive interviews and relational time together. The lead pastor candidate and his wife also spent time with our staff team leads to discern a good fit. I mentioned that Joyce and I spent time with this couple over two days in October. When we returned from Africa the first week of November, before they left town from meeting with the board, we spent another half day to discuss lingering questions and perspectives from their visit. The board and advisor board met two additional times afterwards to discuss the candidate. It was no surprise to us that the board, advisor board, and succession team unanimously approved this pastor and his wife to be the candidate for you to consider voting on whether or not he will become the next lead pastor at CLC. Joyce and I also wholeheartedly recommend this couple for your consideration. The staff team leads also found him to be a strong, viable candidate and believe there'll be a couple that would fit well at Christian Life Center. As a side note, while the board finalized this decision in November, we did not want to cloud the Christmas season with succession concerns. For that reason, we kept it quiet until now, and we also didn't tell our staff of almost 50 people, other than our five staff team leaders. We didn't want to burden our staff with the confidentiality of knowing, and Christmas puts enough on all of our plates to begin with. Let me explain the process from here. According to the CLC Constitution and Bylaws, the board is responsible for guiding the hiring process of the lead pastor and the ultimate interview team and deciding group to present a candidate for vote to the congregation. This is an approved or disapproved vote, not a choice among two or more candidates a two-thirds vote of all official CLC members present at a special church council is required for election to be lead pastor. We don't have much experience at this as a church. Our last lead pastor election was in August of 1990. <laughs> if, if they receive a yes vote, whoops, skipped it. The board has invited this candidate to become the last weekend of January to come to last week of January, January 27th and 28th for the candidate weekend. He and his wife will attend and he will speak in all three services. There will be some form of Q&A event Sunday late afternoon followed by a special church council meeting Sunday early evening in which all official CLC members present will vote yes or no on extending an invitation to this candidate to become our new lead pastor. If they receive a yes vote, They'll return to their home church, and he will submit his resignation and give a month or so for them to make a good exit there. Their first weekend on staff at CLC will be March 16th and 17th, or a little later if they need the time where they're leaving to make it a good exit. This candidate was very adamant about wanting as much overlap time as possible for he and I so I could mentor him into the role of lead pastor at CLC. This explains why I'll remain on staff and in leadership through August. We will use these months for me to help train him into this important position. This candidate also hopes he and I can work out some lingering role for me with the with CLC and the God-sized vision and for Joyce and me to find a comfortable place of belonging and serving at CLC as our home church after I and we officially step aside. In fact, he texted me a few days ago, and he said, God has a wonderful plan for your lives, and so do I. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll, we'll see. We can only process so much information, and I am sure some of you are already taken by surprise and in information overload. So that is as far as I will go into details of this decision this weekend. Next weekend, in addition to a sermon, I'll tell you more details about this candidate's credentials and experience the pastor profile that the board used, and why we believe this is the right candidate and couple. However, I will not be telling you their names or any details that could lead to online searchers who discover who they are ahead of time. <laughs> and the board meeting, they said, if you say anything, they're going to be online before you walk out of the sanctuary, all right? <laughs> this is because he and they don't want to be presumptuous that they already have the job. I respect that. They know and agree that ultimately the congregation must decide, and so they won't be resigning their church until it's official here. And out of consideration for their church family, they don't want their church finding out through social media or a relational grapevine that they're leaving. On candidate weekend, the board will fully reveal their experience, their resume, and credentials. Until then, I invite you to join us for perhaps the most important Daniel Fast season at Christian Life Center that this has been and will continue to to be a spirit-led process. Now, available throughout the building and also online is this little pamphlet about our our three-week fast. We've been doing this for many years now to start the year off. And it is an invitation to an all-church fast, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, This is a devotional guide, so every day there's a devotional guide, and you go online and you can watch our social media. Different ones of us will be giving a quick 60-second devotional. There's explanations about the fast. The Daniel fast is primarily a vegetarian diet, uh, doing without meat and sweets and processed foods and whatnot. Uh, And some people can't fast food, so you might fast sweets or you might fast social media. Uh, I like to fast both the Daniel fast and social media. Uh, I encourage diligence rather than legalism. Prayerfully decide what you're going to give up. When you choose that, then through the three weeks, whenever you have an appetite for it, when you normally go online or whatever, use that instead of yielding to that as a reminder to pray. Pray for yourself, the needs in your life, your family, what God's doing in your your walk. Pray for us as a church that God will unite us, that God will guide this process. Um, As I've said many times, everything worthwhile in life is uphill. This will be, too. So let's pray that God grows us forward in all of that. And, again, diligence as opposed to legalism. Uh, somebody says, well, I'm on vacation. How do I do a fast? I'm like, well, then do it afterwards or before or whatever. I've got a couple of meals that I can't get out of, uh, and so I already fasted a day uh, to kind of jump ahead for that. But join us uh, for that time of prayer and fasting. And uh, with that said, I'm done sitting and reading Aren't you glad I don't sit and read every week? (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's take a few minutes to process this opportunity, this uh, combination of circumstances. I remind you that as we process this, that we know God causes all things to work together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. He's given us a purpose, a mission of, to know God and be His people, value others, and change our world. So we're going to trust Him in that. Uh, we just said that you have a choice. So what shall we say to these things now and in the weeks ahead in an exciting uphill process? Uh, but we will say things and we will not say things that go, but we're going to say things that are hope-filled and optimistic uh, and truthful and, and encouraging, and we're going we're to bind together together uh, because we have an adversary, and he would like nothing better than to mess this up in the process and the handoff. We're not going to let that happen. That's a good amen point. That's right. All right. And so let me just kind of get a little personal with all of us. This has been hugely and almost surprisingly for me, yes, and, and not really, but hugely emotional for me and Joyce. It's harder when you're sitting here. (laughs) She was 24 and I was 26 when we came here in 1983. Load up a 24-foot U-Haul. We didn't even have enough stuff to fill that U-Haul. We were married, what, not even two years. And we fearfully made the drive from Akron, Ohio, which was home to this church, Christian Life Center in Dayton. Took a staff position. And for seven years was kind of the number two guy. And then talk about fearfully stepping into an open door. In 1990, unexpectedly, the pastor left, and the board, halfway through the summer, said, would you please consider a position that I never had on my radar that we would even do, lead pastor. And it was August of 1990 that we were elected into this role. And being on staff positions four years in Akron, seven years here, 11 years total, I can tell you what peers of mine will confirm when they talk to me because I'm kind of like, in most pastor circles I'm in in the state of Ohio, I'm like the senior member. <laughs> and so more than one guy, has said, man, there is nothing. Being on staff is nothing like this chair, is it? No. There's, there are unique challenges and stresses and pressures and, and blessings and whatever when you're lead. And there is nothing like that, not only for me, but for my wife and for our family, because we've been both places. It's been challenging. It has been rewarding. It has been painful and enjoyable. And uh, we believe that this season of our journey is coming to an end. This was not required or requested by the board, so you can relax on that. This is something that we and I really wrestled with. Uh, there's a part of us that would just stay in it. Uh, but we want to do what we discern is best for the body and for the church. And I have some mentor groups with pastors, and basically the whole thing is my pain, your gain. So I've probably been there, done that. Let's talk war stories and what to learn. I'd have, Call with one of one of the guys in our group last week. They're into a building program. Well, let me let me warn you and tell you, you know. So, and uh, in those groups, uh, unless they planted the church, without exception, every one of those pastors stepped into a situation following someone who stayed too long, and it was already in a demise and a downhill whatever, and they had to come in and try to resuscitate it and fix it and then turn it turn it around and, and move it forward. The best time for succession is when it's going well. When you're giving away 25% of your income to places all over the world. When people are passionate about we're here to know God and be His people and value us and change our world. And When your inner, in-house stuff is going good, that's the time to say, okay, buddy, here you go. And so we have done our best over the last years to to tee this up. Joyce and I want nothing more than to see CLC thrive. It's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears here for 40 years. Man. In my interview in 83, I told the pastor, I'll probably be there three to five years. (laughs) (laughs) Math I cannot do. (laughs) And so... uh, we are mostly confident it's the right timing. How does that make you feel? But when I counsel people, I mean, I mean, are you ever 100% sure? And If you're 100% sure, you're probably wrong on most big things in life. I say, get peace enough. Whatever that percentage is, get peace enough okay. I believe this is right, because God also wants to walk by faith, not by sight. And so, we're walking by faith and saying, okay, this is the season. This is the time. We're trusting the process. And, uh, to save you the question, what are you going to do after August? Well, first of all, um, to those of you who need to tutor me theologically, and many of you do, um, I know the word retirement's not in the Bible, but neither is Trinity, but we go with that anyway, you know, so I no. Um, no. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little. <laughs> and it's the gift of teaching and leadership is I don't think it goes away, so we'll see what God does. But there is a the right time to hand off and and succession of a great ministry and organization like this. And and we trust the spirit led process of it all. Um, I don't know what we're going to do after August. And it's funny because I've been praying about that. You know, last time around two years ago, man, we were in all kind of plan, plan and you know, succession and me and da-da-da-da and set up a nonprofit, et cetera. And this time around, we had two key uh, staff transitions this last year over the summer. Uh, I was playing search firm, leading a church, um, and now I'm helping onboard a new outreach team leader in a couple of weeks, and we have an outreach member we're onboarding, and then I'm going to be kind of mentoring a new lead pastor. And you put all that together. I just have no margin to figure out what am I going to do when I grow up in, in September. Uh, what are we going to do? And so, uh, you know, praying about that, the Holy Spirit kind of reminded me of of advice I've often said, you know, Our job is to prepare ourselves. It's God's job to open the door. So we'll see. Um, The slate is pretty well planned between now and the end of August. And so that's kind of where we're at. Making sure I say everything. Yeah. Let's talk about how this is for you. Because... For many of you, this is an emotional announcement, service, process. For some of you, not. But for those of you who've, who've been here a long time with us, first of all, thank you. Thank you for your loyalty, your patience, your grace that you had to give. <sighs> In early years, this kid didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> And I have said one of my favorite prayers even now is, God, I confess my incompetence to do what you've called me to do. If you don't help me, I'm in trouble. I used to pray, if you don't help me, we're in trouble. And the Holy Spirit was like, no, 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 we're not in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> and so thank you. I mean, my goodness, if you go way back to 1990, um, I was wearing a double-breasted suit. Uh, there was an organ over there and a piano over there. There was what we'll call a modesty rail. There was a choir with choir robes. There were clergy pews we sat on. I mean, it was a different place. It wasn't even this room, all right? You talk about going through change after change after change. And when you go through all that, there's a bond and a connection. And so this is another change that will weather. For some of you, my concern is that you've had bad past experience with other pastor changes someplace. And church hurt is really hard hurt. We've had plenty of it living in church our whole lives, but church hurt is hard. And, and in fact, somebody last, from last night emailed me and said, I'm one of those people. I came from a disastrous church situation and it blew up and CLC was such a safe haven for me. But listening to how you and Joyce and the board and the team have handled this. I'm going to rest in this. that God's going to be in it. And so... For those of you who have been through this someplace really bad, what shall we say to these things? What you're going to say to this is, th- everybody say, this is not, that. is not that. Because we have an adversary that would love to, to mess this up. And he is really good at taking painful experiences and memories from something else and then just having us transfer it to this and before this, whatever it is, even gets going, it's all messed up. No, no. This is not that. And so pray, God, give me discernment and wisdom to know, to separate my feelings. That was that. And I pray you work in that church. But Lord, I thank you that this is a different place and I'm going to trust you in that. And for what a healing needs to happen, and you're asking for that. Uh, For some of you, this is really unnerving because CLC Church is your stability. Everything else is happening in life. uh, Maybe your job, your, your family, your marriage, relationships, your health, whatever, all right? And so you'd come to CLC as a safe haven, feels familiar, feels the same, and he's still here every week. You know? And so that will change, and that, that can be unnerving. Uh, but what will you say to these things? Okay, I'm going to trust God through this. He's going to work things together for good. And for others of you, you, just we already acknowledged it earlier, you don't do change well. And so let me... I don't think I'm real autocratic, but let me, I'm just going to lay down a rule right now, all right? No fight or flight allowed, okay? Say no fight or flight. No fight or flight. Now, if you don't know what that means, it's pretty self-explanatory, okay? When something stresses up emotionally, we're either going to fight, we're going we're to find something to fight about, or we're going to fly, <laughs> okay? Like I mentioned, you know, somebody... <laughs> They left the church because they heard we were leaving. What kind of sense does that make? No, we're us. We're a church. We're the body of Christ. And uh, on the flip side, there's going to be a lot to be excited about. When we spent time with the couple uh, that's recommended, you know, we, we look for how do they fit culture, character, and competence. And... You know, most of them had a level of competence but, and character, but the culture thing was really, we're, we're a special place. And so you got to have that right CLC fit, if you will. And we spent a couple of days with them, and uh, they were over at home. And, and then when they left, I turned around, Joyce just went, I love them. And I go, I do too. <laughs> it wasn't surprising that the entire board and advisory board and succession team all said thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up and their spouses so, so we're excited about we get to be part of a new season in this amazing church we get to see God work all things together for good and, uh, and so we're going to trust God we're going to practice what I preached and not only this week but the message next week and the week after that on Opportunities And we're going to see what God does with that. Now, there are some logistical things you need to be aware aware of. And so when we redid the Constitution years ago, uh, one thing we did was we identified different roles. And one of them is the board facilitator who just kind of organizes things rather than me doing that. And so Aaron Robinson is going to come and kind of explain to you how to be engaged in this process and be part of the voting selection when that happens at the end of this month.
1: Thank you, Pastor Dan. Oh, we'll dance. Uh, My name is Aaron Robinson, and uh, I have the opportunity, the privilege, and honor to serve as the facilitator of the CLC board. Um, If you're uh, like me, hearing the news that uh, we found a new candidate uh, for lead pastor is both bittersweet. Um, I've been attending CLC since 1989. I've grown up in this church. Uh, Pastor Stan is really the only pastor that I've really only ever known, Um, and uh, he is incredibly influential in my life, like he has been for for many of us. And so it's somewhat of a heavy heart to hear that this transition is happening. At the same time, I know that God has a God-sized vision for CLC, and I am so excited that as Pastor Stan is transitioning into retirement, that God is providing the next phase in, in that vision for CLC. He's not done with us yet, and I am so excited to see where God is taking us in this next season. So, with that being said, um, the the board and the leadership of CLC uh, would like to remind you guys of a couple things. Um, One, if you are interested in voting at the end of January for uh, the new lead pastor candidate, you have to be an official member at CLC. If you're not an official member of CLC, uh, the CLC has provided a couple opportunities for you to do that through the growth track process. In order to be eligible for a membership, you have to go through both Growth Track 101 and 201. The team is providing two separate opportunities for you to do that. This Wednesday, January 10th, they are going to have the first session of CLC 101. The following Wednesday on the 17th is going to be Growth Track 201. So that would meet the requirement for the first step. If you aren't able to make those two Wednesdays, there's gonna be a combined uh, meeting on January the 20th, where both Growth Track 101 and 201 will be provided. Now, if you're like me and has been here a really long time and you're not really sure, am I a member or not a member? CLC on their website, clcdayton.com, has a link that you can click on on their homepage that says, Am I a member? If you click on that, you can provide your information and someone with CLC will get back to you and let you know if you are in fact met all of the requirements for CLC. As Pastor Stan also mentioned, we are entering into our 21-day fast. I encourage everyone in this room to please partake in that fast, not only for your own just drawing close to God in that time, but to please also keep CLC lifted up in prayer during this time of transition. This this process has been in prayer for years now, and as we come to the end, I can't think of anything more that Satan would want to do than divide us over this point. So please join us in, in praying during this 21-day fast um, as we move into this next season of CLC. With that being said, thank you so much for being a wonderful congregation, for being just a church body that is my home, and thank you, Pastor Stan, for leading us. Thank you, Aaron.
0: You've heard me say many times that uh, with all the moving parts of a service, that we plan them quite in advance, and and can I can't tell you the general direction between now and uh, Easter and a little bit beyond. And so, no surprise, uh, it was, and all this came together October on. So it kind of like, whew, all of a sudden in place. And so, I don't know, I guess September ish. Um, one of the informal roles that Joyce does is she is a, a great judge of good music. And she'll often say, hey, I heard this song. This would be great in a sermon. If you ever preach about this, this would be great. So uh, lots of times what you hear that really fits hand in glove, she recommended it to me. In fact, I leaned over to her last service. I said, you're going to miss recommending songs that go in the service. Uh, she said, man, if you ever do a song, in fact, we talked, I said, that'd be great at the start of the year. Uh, back in September, I was to speak in sort of an opportunity, but a little different. Uh, but I was going to speak on one of the most exciting thoughts about 2024, one of the most exciting possible opportunities, and that is, who knows, folks, this might be the year Jesus comes back. Wow. And, and a great mindset to start the new year is a song many of you have heard, Heaven Changes Everything. Let me read for you just part of the lyrics. In light of eternity, I have this hope. You hold my heart and I'm never alone. One day you're coming back and one day I'm coming home. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Heaven changes everything. You want to know what to say to these things? Heaven changes everything. You want to know what to say in the light of eternity? I can trust God through all of this. So stand together with us and enjoy this song with us as the team leads us.
1: put those hands together
0: today these tears would just be tears falling down my face this hurt would just be hurt with no
1: healing on the way thank you jesus heaven changes everything It's over. Changes
0: everything. Oh, oh, My questions are stay questions. No just to be found. And all the times I've
1: starting in. Is everything. Hey, we love you guys. Be blessed, and we'll see you next weekend.